Uh, so good evening, everyone. I'm Jen Bonet with the Creative Coast, and we are here this evening uh, for Entrepreneurs Night. And so welcome, everyone. Um, this is our monthly uh, second Thursday of the month event on a, a regular basis. We skipped the month of July just because it was summer, and, and we're back at it. And this is uh, an opportunity. What we try and do every, every month is interview uh, an entrepreneur in that's based in the creative coast area uh savannah georgia and talk about their origin story and and what we're really trying to showcase here is um tech companies that are succeeding in our region and and the number of companies that are growing in our region and how exciting that is and so tonight i have with me the chief operating officer of adventure it stacy roach welcome stacy well, thank you, and I sincerely appreciate you having any interest in talking with me. <laughs> <laughs> See, so we're doing it in person, we'd at least have beers, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> we'll get back to that soon. Um, so I'd like you to start out by telling us a little bit about the kind of origin story of Inventure IT. How did the company come about? Who are your uh, co-founders, and how did you meet? And and Really, how did the company start? Yeah, so um, I guess way back, 2007-ish, a um, bunch of tech guys, we were you know, working, building websites for companies kind of on the side. Uh, we uh, probably landed two or three nice, you know, little website contracts, big enough to where we were, you know, contemplating what, what do we do, how do we, you know, how do we handle this if this gets any larger? Um, so we were we were actually all employed um, up in uh, Northwest Georgia, so the Dalton, Georgia area, working in floor companies or companies that service that floor industry. Um, and so I, I had a few friends, um, uh, Lee McKinney, uh, Brent Newsom, and Jeremy Fletcher, who are my three co-founders, the, the guys that have been with the company since the beginning. Um, we, well, they were started, they started kind of, you know, with some of these websites, we had a little closet that we had rented from, um, from a man named Paul Belk up in Northwest Georgia. He had given us a closet in a suite in an office. <laughs> so it was, it was enough to have a chair, a monitor and a table. And, uh, we put a server in there back in 07 and just started building business and, uh, it kind of took off um, slowly. Initially, we were building things. Um, so we're software engineers by trade. And so we were just, you know, we would build little requests for people, mostly websites initially, but then things started to get a little more robust because we were, we were kind of heavy in the uh, enterprise development segment. So we were building software packages or software systems that ran uh, the sample industry at uh, Shaw Floors, which is a Berkshire Hathaway company. Um, we had written inventory systems and uh, order entry systems for some of the marketing divisions kind of around that same place. Um, doing a lot of integrations, you know, you know, EDI type integrations with Lowe's and Home Depot and some of those companies that were, you know, supplying the or, or sourcing from the the flooring companies. <clears throat> and as we're kind of getting into that stuff, we're finding little small businesses that wanted similar functionality. And so because of that, we were getting bigger and bigger opportunities. And I think the one that really kind of took us out, um, out of our comfort zone well enough to where we were starting to do things a little more, you know, eight hours a day after work, uh, we were doing a, some, it was a website called TownBot. And it was really Craigslist before Craigslist existed, um, you know, and it's one of those where we had an investor, they wanted to build something and, you know, we were able to kind of pull it together. And, um, you know, we started kind of diving down that road and it was like, you know, we're, we're really into this. And so, um, you know, we, we, we all got together, kind of, they, we came up with a name, which, you know, I take no credit in that. We've, I've got really great partners. My my, my partners are, are some of my best friends and, you know, and on one end I say I'm blessed to have ever met them. Um, you know, at the same time, you know, we're like brothers. We, we argue and, and compete and, you know, we're certainly very all strong, strong minded about what we want to do. And, um, you know, we kind of 
make each other better. Um, and so they came up with a, a name, which, you know, I gravitated to really quickly. And so the company's name is actually Innovative Ventures and Information Technology. But nobody wanted to put that on a, you know, an email address. And so <laughs> in venture IT, um, which, you know, was kind of cool to me. We, but ultimately what I kind of equate it to, the innovative ventures part of what we do, we're, we're kind of, I've always coined that term, we're a venture technology company, not a venture capital company. We don't invest capital. Instead, we invest our technology into lots of small business ideas. We certainly do a lot of other things besides just the, the, the implications of, you know, putting our, our technology in as capital into an organization. Um, but a lot of that, you know, started at the very beginning. It was like, you know, we didn't have money. Um, we didn't have the capital to really be an investment group, but we knew enough to launch businesses. We knew enough to really take technology and build the platforms that ran multi-billion dollar companies. Uh, you know, we, we had software packages that we were putting in that ran the entire transportation sections of businesses, ran, um, you know, full data warehouse, you know, systems for some of the largest companies that are in the state of Georgia. Um, we started doing a lot in the behavioral health space and, you know, kind of focused on uh, notes, case notes and things like that for the state of Georgia. I mean, we're, we're the largest um, case management solution for behavioral health in the state of Georgia. Um, so, you know, we just, when we build things, we build them to scale, we build them with like a larger picture in mind. And so somebody will bring you an idea and, and we're immediately thinking about, okay, where do we take this and how do we get it to the, the nth degree? And, uh, you know, great, great set of partners that, you know, from the very beginning, that was kind of our vision. We're gonna take and bring technology to any company that wants it, any small business that needs it, that maybe couldn't get it before, any startup idea. Um, and we've had a lot of success with that. So, you know, just great, great clients, great, um, exciting ventures, um, lots of fun. Um, you know, I, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's been very cool. I think the model's really fun. I, I love it. It's kind of like Idea Lab, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you get to go after all these different businesses and really get into the business and try and understand how technology and innovation practices can actually, you know, radically impact that business. So it's got to be fun every day. Yeah, yeah. I'm really curious, like, like, if you could talk about how you met your partners and then how you divided the, divided the responsibilities. Because I know so many people have a really hard time finding co-founders, finding oh, yeah. that partner that's going to be a really good fit and be in it for the long haul. I mean, I always tell people, like, I think it's probably harder to find your co-founder than it is to find your spouse. <laughs> you, know, you know, and I, and I'm probably the world's worst at answering that question because, you know, I was blessed of the of the. Four of us that are partners uh, in the company, I probably moved around the most in my career. Um, I jumped. Uh, I'm very, I wouldn't say ADHD, but I'm very, you know, focused on continually growing. And if I ever cease growing in one area, I'm immediately looking, okay, I need to find something that keeps me growing. I've, I've never been happier in this job. So this has been, you know, amazing because every new idea is something new to learn. Um, my three partners, you know, being honest. Um, so I live, um, I lived in Northwest Georgia, like five minutes from the Alabama state line. Our drive over to, to Dalton, about an hour north to Chattanooga, about an hour and 20 minutes um, southwest to Birmingham. So kind of in that, that range. I was going to commute no matter where I went or I was going to work remote. And so Dalton was a natural place for us. And that's where my wife grew up, that area. And so um, when I landed there, you know, I just I, honestly, I lucked up. Um, I met Jeremy, who's one of my best friends in the world. I met him. We were probably 24, 25, working at a carpet mill, doing some of their IT stuff. Uh, and, you know, he and I have been really good friends ever since. I moved around jobs for a couple years and met you know, again, I was in Shaw Industries. I've worked for Dover Corporation. I've worked in um, uh, the insurance business. I've worked in the um, tax business. So I've moved around quite a bit. And, and oftentimes, you know, I, I don't know if it's um, 
if I grade myself on what other people do, but I certainly like, I'm very competitive, right? <laughs> so as I go through these companies, I'm, you know, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be the best at this thing. And, and when I, when I met Jeremy, Jeremy was as good as I was. Right. And, um, I, I respect that a lot. And so he and I worked together and friends outside of work, uh, moved around a couple of companies. And I met Lee and Brent, um, at one of the other companies we'd worked with, um, uh, uh, when I was at Shaw Industries, they were at another place, um, but I had met those guys and, you know, worked with them for about a year before we started this. And, you know, I just gravitated to them. They're some of the best I had ever worked with. And so when we had the opportunity to get together, you know, I'm much more of the driver in a lot of the conversations. Brent and I are probably the, the executives of the group. We we do, you know, and make things happen and all that. And uh, not that we're not technical, but we're certainly more of the business people, I guess, than the the, the technical guys. Um, and Jeremy and Lee are much more of our like super engineers, right? And I had never been more impressed by those guys' technologies, what they could do when we were writing software together, how good they were at it. And so I just naturally fell into a group that we're like really good friends. I mean, we golf together. We, you know, drink together, eat lunch together. We're, we're together more than we're with our wives. And, uh, you know, over the years, you know, as we were kind of discussing that, they had the same mindset where we wanted to start a business. We wanted to be involved in kind of the high tech. Um, you know, I think we all, we all naturally paid attention to things like TechCrunch and, you know, Y Combinator and all the startup world that was going on. And we didn't have it where we were, but we wanted it. And I think that kind of tied us together as people that were just, you know, well, these guys are no better than the people in Georgia. The, the, there's, these guys are no better than what we've got in Dalton, Georgia. Um, and so maybe a little bit of that competitive drive, but, you know, we when we started, that was my founders, you know, best friends. Um, not that we don't argue, not that we don't struggle, but we're there for each other. And, you know, there's a really good balance. We yin and yang each other in a four person kind of partnership. That's been really great. And we've added other partners and other co-founders with some of the other businesses over the years. And, you know, we're, we're very cognizant of not, not screwing up with our, with our, um, our mojo, I guess, you know, we've, you got to be very careful. You don't just invite anybody into being your, your founder. I mean, we, we've had a few of those where, you know, we tried something and it just didn't work and nobody wants to work and live miserably. Um, you know, so you've got to find people that you can relate to as much as friendship probably isn't the same. Once you become partners, there's some of it that becomes, a, it's almost, you know, as you grow and get, through life a little further, you really start to appreciate what those guys bring to you. And, you know, I, I think we're, we're very blessed to know each other. Um, one, of, one of the things I used to say to people that people often didn't understand is I like, I said, you have a really good co-founder or, or co-founding team. You've figured out how to fight well together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's really right. right? It is. Cause you have to be able to like, fight to the to the death almost for the idea that you each believe in and then at right. the same time find the best solution for the customer yeah right and but wake up the next day and be like all right we made the right decision together and here's the path forward and yeah that's that's hard yeah, that's it. like I said, I it's four guys, you know, we're there ain't anything special about us. We're four, you know, ridiculously goofy guys, but <laughs> we get into a room together and you know, we've all got really strong ideas. We're all willing to fight for them, but at the same time, you know, we go home and we know that, you know, we're not doing it for for no reason. You know, there's not an argument happening because we just want to argue arguments happening because there's something to figure out. And, um, you know, a lot of times I'm, I'm probably the peacemaker of our group. Um, but you know, we, we fight, we fight just as strong. And I, I use that brother term because that's, that's what it feels like. Um, you know, I, as much as I can argue with them and as much as, you know, <laughs> as much as we can get angry about things or, you know, fight to get to a certain place or 
whatever. They're also there at eight o'clock at night. They're also calling me on the weekends. They're also, you know, I know their families. We're, you know, we go on vacations together. We, you know, have great Christmas parties together, you know, so it's, it's hard to beat. So let's change gears a second and talk about Savannah. You opened a a branch office. Headquarters is still Walton, Georgia. You opened a branch office in Savannah uh, eight-ish months ago. Yep. Yeah. Well, so so we've had a lot of clients in Savannah for for I mean, you know, again, I went to Georgia Southern, you know, you, <laughs> we see it. We see it. <laughs> yeah, my house was pretty decorated with it. But like, you know, I, I'm as diehard a southern person as I've as anybody. And, you know, I I I come back to Statesboro regularly, um, usually five or six times a year for football at least. And then, of course, I sent my heart down to to uh, Statesboro last year. So my my oldest daughter uh, is a sophomore this year, actually a junior with all of her high school credits. But um, she's down here. My son's about to graduate. He's planning on enrolling down here. Um, I've got lots of clients down here. Um, we back in 08 or so, we had started um, kind of focusing on technology down here, just uh, IT services. And um, we've got a guy that's been with us for almost as long as the company's been around, Rick Bean. Um, and he's heavy into the Georgia Southern stuff, just like I am. He's head of the Eagle Club here in the Savannah region. Um, and so Rick and I have known each other for a long time. We hired him pretty quickly after we started the business up. Um, you know, again, really good friends. Felt like there was a good mix there. And we'd been promising him for years that, you know, we were going to throw some more resources in Savannah and really try to tackle our technology business, you know, just manage services, you know, fixing computers, running network wiring, security cameras, all of that stuff. Um, you know, and then the creative coast had kind of gone up and down over the years. And then you came in and, um, I think you had actually had a meeting with Dr. Smith, one of our clients at one point. And he was like, you know, Stacy, this may be the time, you know, if you guys want to do something here, um, you know, there's a good opportunity down here. And I think Savannah is really on the rise. And of course, you know, again, I follow Savannah, you know, I was at Georgia Southern, not as long ago as Rick was, but um, I was there 14, 15,000 students. And, you know, they kept saying, all right, by 2020, we're going to be up to 25,000 students. Well, they beat that by like four or five years, um, you know, and, and so I, you know, I see kind of the growth that's happening down here. We know there's opportunity down here. Um, you know, we've, we've got a really great base up in Northwest Georgia that's tackling the Chattanooga market and the North Atlanta market. Um, and so, you know, I, I told my partners that if this is something we want to do, that, you know, we feel like this is probably the right time. So we started looking, um, you know, I reached out to quite a few different uh, areas just to see what our opportunities were for incentives, things that would help us kind of, you know, find a good community to fall into. Of course, we looked at Jacksonville. Um, we looked at Charleston. Um, you know, we, we certainly really close to Chattanooga. So there was some interest in there, but we could also operate from our existing headquarters to kind of get into that Chattanooga market if that's where we were going to go and probably still are kind of focused on that business. But, you know, we just, we, we dabbled in trying to see what, what was out there, who had kind of the, the, the energies that we were looking for, but also the holes that we would fill. Um, I spent about nine, 10 months doing research on our competitive, our competition in the area, what, um, what our impact could be if we did some of the partnerships that we were exploring with universities, what did the startup scene look like? Because that was something we're very, you know, very involved in in Northwest Georgia. Um, you know, and so, I mean, we, we researched and we reached out and we talked and talked <laughs> and you know, honestly, there was really no competition. I mean, there absolutely was no competition. Savannah, for us, was a perfect fit. How much of that was because I'm just a huge Georgia Southern nerd, maybe. But, like, you know, there's there's a lot going on here. I mean, absolutely, you know, you, you look at where the Creative Coast is. Creative Coast, to me, was doing things that I wanted to see my communities doing. I didn't have to do. <laughs> so. <laughs> In Dalton, we started an accelerator because there wasn't something like that for our small businesses. 
but the community needed it, wanted it. You know, we worked to get it, but that's not my area of expertise. To find somebody that was already here that had been with ATDC that had an impact opportunity, you know, as big as that, you know, that was a huge component. Um, I've got a lot of relationships at Georgia Southern. Um, and so we actually have a joint venture that we've started with the university um, unofficially this semester, uh, should be officially next semester. So kind of quietly announcing that at the moment, but um, there's a really cool technology incubator apprenticeship program that we're doing uh, with Georgia Southern. Uh, we actually start next week. Um, so, you know, there was that aspect of it. We're big into logistics. So we do a lot of trucking. You know, we do a lot with, you know, the logistics world with some of, even some of our medical software is very focused on uh, the logistics side of things. Um, and so kind of having been born and raised in the flooring industry where, you know, we're talking about pellets turning into, you know, carpet or trees turning into hardwood or, you know, whatever, the lineage, the, the, the logistics, all of that starts to come together. And you're looking at what is, what does the future look like here? Well, it just, everything fit for us. I mean, we already had a client base. <laughs> I mean, so it was really hard for us to, to just find anything bad about even the, the, the opportunity. The, the biggest challenge I was going to have to deal with is my son has a really good friend in Northwest Georgia. And I can't come down here quick enough to, to manage as fast as I would like. Um, so right now I'm driving back and forth, just trying to help this office get its legs up under it. Um, you know, so. Can I ask you a question? Because you are, you have these two really diverse businesses. One is the IT managed services, cloud services, telecom space the other is software yeah. uh, both software development right but also then you know most of these things you stand up and you run as a SaaS mm -hmm. components of your business so what's the split between the two like it versus software so you mean as far as why or like what percentage like you know is it 50 50 um, or is it oh no 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 so so our technology business so we it's, it's kind of interesting. So we started, we started with website development, right? Um, and really we're focused on small businesses. And in fact, one of the big core components that I'd always, and, and my partners had kind of hammered um, from our very first website, from our very first trifold that we carried to markets and things like that, bringing enterprise level technology to a small business owner who struggles. Because again, you know, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you a story later, but, you know, we're, we're very rural, white, <laughs> redneck. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're Georgia boys. I mean, we really are. There's no two ways to say about that. You know, we're, I grew up in, in Somerville, Georgia. Uh, my partner grew up in uh, Stockbridge. Uh, Lee grew up in Screven County. Uh, Jeremy grew up in Cleveland, Tennessee. Um, you know, we're, we're all from around, you know, the South. And so, and, and we all went to real blue collar schools. I mean, you know, West Georgia, you know, UGA, uh, Auburn, Georgia Southern, um, everybody we're around, we're, we're, we're focused on the South, the Southern businesses. We're focused on, you know, a lot of this blue collar stuff. And what we always struggled with was the people we talked with, the people we were dealing with, they weren't the Berkshire Hathaways. They weren't the, corporate, you know, SA, or, uh, um, um, Home Depots or, you know, those companies. And, and a lot of the smaller businesses needed to compete in the marketplace. And to be honest, one of the things that we were struggling with in Northwest Georgia was there was just lots of opportunity to bring business into the area with technology because they were the suppliers of all the flooring, all of the, you know, all that stuff. But if they didn't do it, they were losing that business to some of the other companies that could do it. And so, you know, we started off small websites and IT, you know, trying to help those guys out and then started getting more into the software development, which was core of what we do. Um, you know, so as far as kind of what our split is, you know, we, we started kind of in that, that 50, 50 mark um, quickly realized that we couldn't just hire people to do the software development as quickly as we could the IT guys um, you know, there was a whole lot more training for technologists, people that could do the Cisco routers and wire networks and stuff like that. 
engineers that had done software development, and especially in the areas we were kind of focused on, not only were we trying to get those guys, but to get the best of those guys was, you know, a lot harder. Um, so we started giving up a lot of that business to some of our um, our employees, you know, letting those guys run that. So Rick here in Savannah was a good one. And we've got other guys that were kind of doing that uh, in Northwest Georgia. And so we acquired a company um, roughly four or five years ago in Northwest Georgia to kind of grow that business. Um, that's probably about 15 to 20% of our, of our business in Northwest Georgia. Down here, uh, we're probably 50-50, maybe, maybe 40-60 on the tech business um, in this area. Um, all told, it's probably 30% where we're doing tech work. 70% we're doing software development. Of that 70%, probably a third of that or half of that is our own technologies. So companies we've built where we kind of are the hub of all of this stuff. So, you know, we sitting here in the center, we do, you know, somebody else's products. We do IT work for companies and then we have our own business lines that are, you know, centered around that, that support. So help desk support, yeah. and phone calls and all of that. So Mark had a question I put in the chat that I think this is the perfect time for Mark to ask this question. So Mark, why don't you open up your, your mic and ask your question? Uh, yes, Stacey, uh, your business has created a lot of custom software. Um, have you packaged any of the software products you've created either on premise or SaaS? and resold it to other customers? And if so, how have you protected your intellectual property? Yeah, so so we've got a couple of different um, approaches to that. So um, first, you know, question, yes. Yeah. So we've got, uh, I've got solutions that we've deployed in the marketplace that are SaaS products. I've got solutions that are in a variety of places. Um, we've launched our own SaaS products. Um, you know, we've launched... SaaS products for other companies. We've partnered with companies to launch SaaS products and we've launched products 100% that are wholly owned by us. Um, what we typically do with, with a lot of our IPs, we've got a variety of different ways we handle that. One of which, um, you know, you kind of start with the software itself. Um, so some of our source code, some of our infrastructure and frameworks, um, you know, we, we bundle those and license those. Um, so we'll have license agreements and things that, mm -hmm. Like let's say that I'm going to build a software solution for somebody. If I've got 10 years worth of code that saves you two years worth of development, we can leverage that asset license. It's, you know, a royalty based license or a free base license. We own the, the base framework and then we build on top of that. Um, so there's that angle of things, which has been really powerful for us because, you know, 20 years of software development, we're constantly adding new assets to our package. Like, you know, I don't have to write interfaces to FedEx. I don't have to send lab orders to um, LabCorp. I don't have to redo that stuff if I'm working on these business lines. We've already, we've already solved those problems and we kind of bundle. So I don't write credit card processing. I don't write database access. You know, so yeah. we've got just this layer of stuff that we can pick and build from, which saves some time, but, you know, it still never makes it as cheap as you like it. And then on the other side, there's licensing, I mean, the IP agreements that we do. One of the best things, I, you know, from an advice perspective that I ever got from some of our IP attorneys, and we've spent a lot of money on attorneys over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the ways we structure some of our organizations, even um, structurally set, separating the, the intellectual property into an organization that then licenses it to another operating organization so that the operating organization never deals with the ownership concerns of the IP. So the operating company gets sued. It gets, you know, has some issues there. There's a, there's a strict agreement between who owns where and who, who operates the software. We've taken a couple of different ways to deal with that. And, and mm -hmm. what's kind of neat about what we do is, you know, just like I take assets and software development and kind of bundle those things, every time we launch a new company for one of these technologies, we're using color plates of what we've done before, you know, to kind of, mm -hmm. so, you know, we've used that quite a bit, quite a bit. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. that, makes me, that makes me wonder. So is your InVenture IT kind of truly an umbrella organization where some of these products you launch as literally different companies that are owned oh, yeah. by InVenture IT? That yeah, yeah, yeah. We kind of talked about like, I don't know that we've ever gone with umbrella as the thing. We kind of call it the hub. <laughs> so, you know, you can imagine, you know, the hub of a, of a wheel or something. So InVenture IT kind of sits in the middle of that. And, um, you know, all these things we kind of launch off around it. So typically when I bring an employee in first day, that's the thing I draw on the board is <laughs> uh, here's this company, here's this company. So, you know, as an example, we've got um, April of last year, we launched a, a completely new business called Easy Loader. Um, Easy Loader, um, TMS.com is a website. It's a transportation management system for 3PL companies, brokers who book loads and, you know, work with other companies to do shipping. Um, we launched that April of last year, wholly owned subsidiary company by, you know, we own a 10% stake in it, but we do all the technology for it. So we stood it up from the ground up, we've scaled it, we've built the solutions behind the scenes. Um, we've got a, a CTO role in the company and we sit on the board um, but that company operates on its own. It's got its own sales force. It's got, you know, somebody else owns 90% of that business. Um, you know, we've got uh, joint ventures and a medical technology software company. You've met Dr. Smith before. Um, you know, we, we've launched 10 or 12 products underneath that organization. Um, sometimes we don't. Like, you know, it just depends on the the ownership structure and whether we want it to be a separate entity or need to hire our own you know, CEO, hire our own sales force, you know, do we need board access, you know, those kinds of things. Um, our sales guys tend to be pretty versatile <laughs> because they just have to be, because you never know what kind of leads coming in. And so, you know, that there's probably smarter business people that would say we should probably roll each one of those out as their own product or their own company. But, you know, we kind of play that by ear. It's a lot of legal paperwork, sometimes is unnecessary. So I've always wondered like, when is the right time to spin something up? You know, is it at that stage when you're just at the concept stage or is it when there's a little bit of traction, you figure out how to structure it the right way? Because if something goes nowhere, what's the point of studying the corporate structure around it? It's tricky. So tell us a little bit about how many employees you're at in each of your locations. And that's kind of a weird uh, question to ask since everybody's probably remote, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah we so we started, we actually started back in the office a few weeks ago. Um, just give everybody a couple of days that they can work from home. Everybody, of course, in our offices in Northwest Georgia, everybody's got their own door. So, you know, they can come in when they need to, shut their door when they need to. Um, you know, we can come to a meeting room and kind of socially distance and all that stuff, but still kind of have some camaraderie around a couple of days a week. Um, so we've cut back quite a bit. Um, you know, when it was really rough, we were completely remote. We really didn't, I mean, to be honest, we really didn't get affected significantly on the software development side. We already had contracts of things we're working on, plenty of products to do. The service business has been hit pretty hard, um, but you know, we're, we're still employing everybody that we had since the day before all this stuff started going on. Um, I think we're up to, we're close to 30 employees total across the company. Um, I think when we started this initiative here in Savannah, um, we had, 25 or so um, in Northwest Georgia, and we're planning on opening just the service business down here. Um, and so we started that, uh, I think November we hired or started the hiring process. I think we've hired two people. So we're on, I have three staff members that are here full time. And then of course me back and forth until, um, till we get our stuff situated personally. Um, but Kind of the we're fixing to hire eight new uh, apprentices um, in the region. They'll start in Statesboro, but um, you know that's going to be kind of a rolling plan to keep a class or two of apprentices uh, in this area. And then, of course, what's crazy, which still floors me, we've had more opportunities start showing up since we've been down here in Savannah um, than we've probably seen you know, in quite a while. Um, so 
last our our last partner meeting we were discussing um trying to replicate what we've done in northwest georgia down here because there are some big opportunities for software development in this area um you know we're having we're having lots of luck uh, with companies that are just looking for things like what we do sometimes it's a little consulting but sometimes it's big development projects um and so we you know i, I think we're going to end up maybe doubling what we do in in northwest georgia down here but you know it's going to take some energy and that's what my next few years is going to be focused on that certainly wouldn't upset me <laughs> yeah. I hope so. Um, so talk a little bit about um you i believe i'm right and you correct me if i'm wrong you didn't take outside funding or you have not to date taken any outside funding regret thinking about it in the future what are your thoughts there I'm not usually somebody, uh, I'm the wrong partner to ask about regrets because, uh, yeah, I told, I shouldn't say this on video, but I told Jeremy, we and I, he and I were talking the other day and I said, you know, we're the best at this. And, you know, and I, I, I honestly am one of those people that, you know, I make a decision, that's the best decision. We're going to go do that decision. And Jeremy's, Jeremy's my partner who every decision has got to be thought through a hundred times over before it's the right decision. And, um, you know, so from, from that angle, I mean, we've certainly, it's a lot of work to do it on your own. It is absolutely a lot of work to do it on your own. Um, you know, we, we've talked about, and, and we have a variety of different opportunities to where, you know, maybe Inventure IT isn't a company that's going to take money, but some of the businesses we're launching certainly could be a place that could take money. Um, and, and even to that extent, so far, we have not decided that it's been needed. Um, some of that, you know, I, I'm not an expert on that area, right? So, you know, we're a bunch of tech guys. To be honest, for the first four or five years, we, we apologized to our employees just about every time we had a one-on-one -on -one meeting with them saying, you know, sorry that you have to work for people that don't understand how to be bosses because, <laughs> you know, we know how to write programs, but, you know, we had to learn how to be executives. We had to learn how to do sales. We had to learn accounting and, you know, all the things that come with it. Certainly we had had some experience with that, but I had not done as much of that. The fundraising side, I've always followed it, you know, 20 years I've been following, you know, some of the stuff that's been going on. Um, me personally, I start, I've started to see, at least in my mind, when people want, to invest, at least when they come seeking you, they want you to have taken all the risk already. So there's, you know, once I've taken all the risk, the next step is, is money. What do I need money to get there for, right? So venture capital, at least from my perspective, what I've seen is the money that's hanging out there seems like it's much more to help scale than it ever, it used to be to help launch. It's kind of moved to this, well, you're already making money. Let's help you make more of it, um, you know, and and that's the fun part to me, right? Like I, I almost would rather do that kind of on my own if I can make that happen. You know, we've already done all the hard work. That's the, that's the icing on the cake. That's not the, you know, the hard part. Um, and so we've always kind of shied away from venture capital. Now, angel investments, um, partnerships, strategic partnerships and ventures, I'm all over those. So, you know, we, we've partnered with, you know, some large medical facilities. We've partnered with large logistics companies, partnered with some large manufacturers. To me, that's been our best opportunities, right? So if I could encourage anything, finding somebody that's willing to, to take a little bit of a leap of faith with you and then solve their problems, and now you've got some way to launch a business because you've solved and you already have your first client and you already have some relationship that gets you into a certain place. So we're very focused on things like strategic partnerships. Um, we've probably done twice as many strategic partnerships as businesses we've launched. And that, I mean, so 50%, you know, success rate, um, that, that has been very, very helpful um, for us it, because it, not only does it give you, um, you know, a, a reason to solve the problem, but you also have users, you have, you know, you're vetting your use case. Uh, you've got a, a built-in customer base so that you can talk and say like, yeah, this was our first customer. Here's what we're doing at this place. 
Um, you know, so to me, that's become more valuable in this world than venture capital to me. I love that. We used to call it client funded or customer funded development, right? Go yeah. find the customer, solve their problem, try and maintain licensing of at least the core code, give them what they need, but keep, keep, keep you owning most of the code so you can spin it out and use it slightly differently for other people. Right. Yeah, we, we've we've done some really great things. Like so, there's some really good partnerships we've had in Northwest Georgia. Um, help launch our e-case business. So um, that started out. We had a company that was doing defects work for the state of Georgia, and they were spending. I bet we had they had spreadsheets that they were working on for like 20 days in a month to bill for the month. And uh, I think the first time we saw their spreadsheet, it was like 50 minute spreadsheet with, you know, 100,000 rows in it. And like it would take, you know, 40 minutes for it to just come up on the screen before they do what they needed to do. And this was the state of Georgia requiring this document, you know, so um, that partnership, like I said, we kind of worked with them and said, look, we'll build something for you, but we're going to build it and then we're going to go sell it. you got to help us understand the model. Uh, and we launched E-Case Notes, it's been six or seven years ago. Right, like I said, right now that product's number one in the state. Um, there is no other product in the state that does defects work um, to, the, to the scale that we do um, for invoicing the state of Georgia. Um, so, you know, and that's one of the 10 or so examples, I mean. Yeah, very cool, very cool. I, I, do, I love strategic relationships. Um, we, we are getting a little long on time here, so I'm going to jump ahead to uh, tell us about what your, like your biggest challenge has been as a company. Uh, I think uh, for us, probably the hardest thing has been growing beyond just the four of us. Like that was the thing that it took some work. Um, you know, we hired... We hired some people very early on, um, you know, started with the four of us and then added one or two. And we stayed at one or two for uh, quite a while um, before we had really figured out how could we even build this to grow any bigger. You know, we were very content just to, you know, make enough money to keep ourselves happy and whatnot. And that that worked out, you know, for, for a number of years. But I think the scaling part was probably the hardest thing to learn uh, because that's, you know, at least from my perspective, it's so unnatural. Um, management is not my thing. Um, and, and my employees would probably tell you that's true as well. And so trying to figure out the, the process, but, you know, let's get the right space. Let's build out something that's actually a cool place to be. Let's build our culture, culture building, you know, company building. That, that was the hard part, um, you know, Certainly, um, I'd say lately the hardest thing is finding work-life balance. Um, you know, when you go into business, I I, I saw uh, a post on Facebook or something the other day, and it had uh, if you if you do what you love was written at the top, you'll never work a day in your life was written at the at the bottom. Somebody had scratched it out and said, or you'll work every day of your life because you don't care or something like that. It's a little true, you know, if, if I had a professor that said that something along those lines and I, I was like, you know, I've been I've been saying that for a long time. I don't feel like I go to work any anytime. You know, I, I love what I do. I enjoy you know, I'm a problem solver. That's what service and, and, and all of this you know, software development is to me. It's solving different problems for different reasons. But at the same time, as much as I don't ever work a day in my life. I never stop working a day in my life either. You know, you're always on. Um, that's the hard part of, of this job. Especially with these. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, now we're always on. We got a computer in our pocket. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about what success looks like. What, what's your end game? Uh, well, you know, to be honest, um, for us as a company, I think we were successful. You know, five or six years ago. Um, you know, the four of us being able to do this as a living, you know, we, we were very content from that perspective. Um, but there's for, for me personally, I think what I've seen, um, like as we've grown, the impact we can have, um, is certainly it's powerful. Um, maybe I might even call it a drug for me. Um, there's a side of me that sees um, what we can do to bring prosperity to our communities. Um, so Northwest Georgia, 
great example. We, we built um, the Dalton Innovation Accelerator, um, startup, incubator, accelerator business, um, downtown Dalton, partnered with the Chamber of Commerce, Dalton State College, um, really focused on a startup competition. And that was kind of our thing. And uh, first, first competition, we have a kid, um, uh, Lee Phillips and his son, Tripp, uh, and third grade, he made an invention. I think he was sixth grade at the time when he came into the competition or whatever, got him prepped, he got his pitch on stage, did a little three, five minute pitch, whatever it was. Kid killed it. Goes on Shark Tank, gets an investment from Mr. Wonderful, you know, like, and so we're, when that happened, our community was, I mean, Dalton's a great community. So, you know, there's some really cool stuff going on up there, but they really embrace entrepreneurs in that area, um, especially the manufacturing area. Um, and we get that vibe down here. And so, you know, when we, when we see kind of that impact happening there, well, so one of the big initiatives that we, we talked about when we first launched, um, I had my eight minute spiel in front of CETA, um, and I was rushing through it, but, you know, Adventure IT was launching down here, but we were, you were also launching that SALT initiative. And SALT is kind of, it's a, it's a tangent to what we had done in Northwest Georgia, which was this very focused, let's help build technology in this region, right? Let's, let's try to drive the technology and let's do it not only in our jobs, but let's do it in our community. And so the SALT initiative is probably the thing that I see as kind of where is our success going to go. Um, you know, we can be as happy as we want to be doing the technology and, and doing all the development. Certainly, we love doing that. Um, but success to me is probably seeing that initiative where we build this pipeline of apprentices coming out of college and high schools, bring them into our company, show them what a career looks like, great, you know, grow them and, and groom them to be great software developers, great leaders in the technology space in this area. And then hopefully our kids are involved in that process. To me, that's that legacy of salt is probably where I see you know, the most change in kind of what we see as a picture of success. Um, like I said it probably started as just making money and, and, doing a good job on the on the tech side but as we grow in you know, I'm in my mid 40s at this point so you know, looking at what the next 20 years of my life looks like I, that's giving back to our community I want to leave a legacy here that you know Savannah Georgia Southern the state of Georgia you know we become kind of the technology hub for the south um, I think it's certainly something we can do um, no, I, I agree. In fact, I need to I need to send you that link. The Lieutenant Governor's uh, Innovation Task Force wrapped up its first session, and the Lieutenant Governor is going to present on Monday at lunchtime what he's decided to do with the findings of that task force. I need to send you the link for the video. I think you'd be interested in that. It's really oh, yeah. part of that. Yeah. Um, I like to dive into stuff like that. You know, like I said, I joined into that um, the logistics technology uh, group that we've got down here. And, you know, to me, that's it's one of the things that, uh, you know, government where you see where there's opportunities for government and private industry and, um, you know, like Georgia Southern, this partnership we're doing, you know, it's private public kind of this line here we started doing that in the northwest georgia area doing that with our chamber and doing that with some of the public industry or public areas up there it's very powerful um, because what i've learned is if you do it alone whether it's the chamber doing something alone or economic development groups doing it alone if you don't have good strategic partners those things die three years after it's over right like somebody loses energy it's not going to live. And so one of the things that I think, you know, I've always taken from that is you've got to have the right people, but you got to build it to last. And <laughs> that's something that's hard for people to understand when they dive into these things. I agree. I agree 100%. One of those things um, used to happen to me a lot when I was at ATDC is a company would achieve a certain milestone and I, we'd be celebrating it. And somebody would say, well, I thought the chamber was responsible for that. I'm like, no, it takes a village. It takes a city. <laughs> Every single person around the table did something, made an introduction, did something to help that company. This is a win for all of us. Yeah. They, they always want to like, give 
responsibility or blame to one person. It's like, no, we either all fail or we all succeed together. So that's how I think about community building. All right, last question, and then I'll probably open it up for another question. The last one is just, what tips do you have for the entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs that are listening to us this evening? I don't know. I'm horrible advice. Um, you know, I, if if I had somebody giving me advice early on, um, I think that the thing I needed to hear most when I started was it's not all for naught. Um, you know, definitely if if you can, you know, and it's it's something we talk about in, even when we're looking to hire employees. Um, you know, there's certain things that you can be taught, right? Um, but a couple of things you can't, um, some of those are work ethic and just drive, um, you know, and, and the four partners I've got in my business and, and most of my employees as well, you know, we've been very blessed. You know, I love my employees. I, we've got probably the greatest group of people I've ever worked with. Um, you know, one of the things that all of them have, and that's the cool part about it is that drive. They, they're going to come to work come to work, come to do things. And for me, entrepreneurship has always been, you know, I've got to work. I got to, you know, you're going to have to do things that maybe you're not comfortable with, you know, you're going to have to keep doing those things. And if somebody had told me early on, Hey, it's going to eventually pay off. I think I'd have probably felt a whole lot better because <laughs> I know I certainly work our, you know, we all work our tails off and sometimes wondered, is it worth it? Um, you know, and, I'm, I'm very content at this moment. So I would say, definitely say that it was worth it. There's Mark. Hi, Mark. I have a quick question, uh, Stacy. What percentage of your code is open source? Is it all open source? Uh, so so I'm a, uh, I come from the Microsoft world. So um, I've never been much of, I, I say I come from the Microsoft world. I've done a lot of Java development, a lot of open source stuff, certainly understand and see um, a big opportunity for those things and in fact everybody's embracing that from that perspective but um, you know everything we develop is is custom written in-house and we keep it all completely private 100 percent 